Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Nah, shout out to everybody. We're going we're gonna to get this going. Um, as I said, you know, <laughs> a little under the weather, so bear with me. But um, as I always say, man, the whole world got to stop for my world to stop. So the only way that I don't make market Mondays is if I'm literally in the hospital. And with that being said, rest in peace to a hip hop icon, DJ K Slay. Yes. We grew up on K Slay, man. The, dra- the drama king. The warning, <laughs> warning. The drama king is in the building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to watch, I used to listen to K Slay. Oh my God. On the radio, always dropped exclusives. Um, You know, just a, a major part of hip hop culture. The street sweeper mixtapes. Street sweeper oh mixtapes, that's a fact. So, you know, um, yeah, a big loss in our culture. Um, so rest in peace to K Slay for sure. Yeah, yeah, rest in peace. Um, I'm just just a legend. We we know about the DJ, but just hip hop in itself. I mean, when he I think he covered every asset of hip hop, right? Graffiti, breakdancing, and he was an artist. Um, so he encompassed it all, man. So a huge loss. Uh rest in peace to him and condolences to his entire family and the whole hip hop community. It's a big loss for all of us. Yeah. An incredible entertainer, too. Like he doesn't get enough credit. Uh, for put, I mean, of course, people know about Pat Poos, but even like 50 50 first go round, uh, 50, Slay, dips, yeah, dips, yeah, dipset, dipset, pushing dipset heavy, yeah. yeah, a lot of a lot of artists. He, he you know, he gave him an early shot, so yeah, I mean, he'd be throwing like, remember, it was Clue, and then K Slay was just was it was so ill yeah, that he kind of like put on, Clue he, to the side he, for he was a on fire. That was yeah. tough, that was a big rivalry, yeah. I'm glad to see that they worked that out though, Clue, absolutely. Clue paid homage to him today, so yeah, rest in peace to K Slay, man, for sure. Um, before we start, <laughs> last reminder. This is the last reminder. Market Mondays live, Houston, Texas, this Saturday. Listen to me. Please. There's 150 tickets left. 150 tickets left. Run and get the tickets, man. This is going to be a monumental event. <clears throat> 2,400 people will be in attendance. It's going to be the biggest investment show Texas has ever seen. It's going to be a vibe. Um, with your ticket, you get one-year access to Stock Club. You get one-year access to, to Sniper Trading Room. <coughs> you get one Q&A session um, with Ian, group Q&A session with Ian. Ten assets over liabilities hoodies will be given away. Ten Red Panda hoodies will be given away. Two iPods. We'll iPads. 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 Yeah, iPads. I'm about two to say you got iPads, a relic. Two iPads. <laughs> two iPads will be given away. Um, and one person will receive live training session with Ian. Um, 10 pair of red panda shorts will be given away, and 10 pair of red panda shirts will be given away. Um, Chris Senegal, shout out to my brother Chris Senegal. Yes, yes the legend. Fifth Ward legend, um, real estate developer, real estate investor in Houston. Local legend, very important that we have people local to the area. Mm-hmm. He will he will grace the stage with us. He will be talking about real estate. He's a guest. Um, Slim Thug, Slim Thug, the boss will be, hog. will be he'll he'll be he'll grace the stage, and we might have some more surprises as well. 
I'm, I'm telling y'all, man, y'all don't want to miss this live experience. It's completely different than what we do on the internet. <laughs> if you if you've been at the Apollo, you can vouch for that. Fact. There's nothing like Absolutely. a live. There's nothing like the live experience and a cash giveaway too. I don't want you to work your voice too hard. You deserve yeah. a break. Yeah. Nah, it's, it's, it's ill because, I mean, what he's saying is 1,000% true. Like, even for us, like, we do it every Monday, but there was just something different about being live in front of an audience and be able to see the people and get Together. the reaction. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, people want to see it. Um, So, yeah, definitely, man. If y'all not there this Saturday, congratulations. You played yourself. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm going to put it, I'm going to put the link in the, um in YouTube. I pinned it. It's also in the, um, description of this video so i want to see yeah. everybody there man hey you said they're giving out new merch so i really quick man shout out to bam i just sold on on instagram man we got we got new summer colors yeah. so shout out to, to bam colorways you know yo i was like bro i've been asking for an orange t-shirt for two years and we finally got the orange one so the summer colors are in crop tops uh hoodies we got the v-necks for the women it's on. I'm, I'm coming with a few colors. I got bamboo earrings too. Yo, yo, you <laughs> y'all cooking. I'm like, yo, we really from New York. <laughs> hey, let's go. So shout out to the bamboo earrings. Shout out to everybody that got a pair of those. Those those door knockers is hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just pinned it. Somebody said I sound like Nas. <laughs> <laughs> That's the belly, belly version. That's true. It's the belly version. Yeah, Chill, yeah, sissy. Yeah. I got you. <laughs> um, big week for EYL this week. Talk about it. Um, we gonna run up, we're gonna run the table. Shout out to our whole family. Assets over liability season two comes out actually is tonight. YouTube will be out on Wednesday. Nick Cannon, the first legendary. guest, legendary conversation. Talked about so many legendary stuff. Make sure you check that out. Nick Cannon, he's up there without anybody. Like Nick Cannon's a mogul. Tomorrow, Earn Your Leisure mm -hmm. episode. None other than one of the panels that we did at South by Southwest with. Ian and Wall Street Trapper, the first time that they were on stage together, South by Southwest. So we're releasing that as a podcast tomorrow. So Ian, Wall Street Trapper, I think you moderated. Yeah, that. man, I was the referee. I just got to be the referee for it. Yeah, <laughs> so that was that was legendary. You can imagine that that was a legendary conversation. So that comes out tomorrow on YouTube and all podcast outlets. Um, and shout out to Jitalia. She'll be teaching the class. For yeah, this Wednesday. So Jitali, if, if you're not familiar with Ernest, you probably are familiar with Jitali Bellaton. Just an amazing, amazing entrepreneur. Um, she's, she's actually the mother of the year in the state of New York in 2018, which is like, I didn't even know that they had that award, but she definitely en encompasses that. She's going to be teaching um, about crypto, NFTs, and virtual real estate. So a lot of people have been hearing about how to buy real estate in the in, in the metaverse. And she's done it. We actually visited her property. We toured it. We toured her neighbors. So she's going to be teaching on that. Plus, she has a, a crypto hedge fund, yeah, she which does. I'm sure she can't wait to talk about. So she's amazing. Shout out to her. She is a professor at EYL, and she's a dear friend of ours. So shout out to her. I will be in attendance. I will be there at that class. So make sure y'all there, too. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we got book club this Sunday. Yep. Shout out to G. The book club will be back in session this Sunday. Shout out to Greg. Yeah, G, what up? All right, so <sighs> real quick, man, we're going to do our disclaimers. Get up, you know, talk to our people. Earners, Red Panda family, we want to let you know about a great choice if you're looking to bank or invest. Ally is a leading digital financial service company with passionate customer service, innovative financial solutions, and relentlessly focused on doing it right for both customers and our community. So get with Ally so you can save, invest, and spend on things that matter most to you. For everything we need, we're all better off with an ally. And we got something special this week. Stay tuned. We got something special with Ally this week oh, yeah, that we're yeah, going to be announcing. Announce we're going to announce it a little at the end of the show. It's going to be our second part. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So stick yeah. around. Everybody, we got, we got something dope that we're going to be doing with Ally. 
as you know, we've been uh, shouting them out every every week uh, on Market Mondays. Uh, and so we got something for our community and a nice little give back since this is Financial Literacy Month. Um, so shout out to everybody that is in the financial literacy space that is adding value to the world and definitely to our communities. Um, and so we, we, we got something special planned, so stay tuned for that. And of course, as always, do your own research, right? Our content is intended to be used and must be used for informational purposes only. It's very important that you do your own analysis before making any investment based on your own personal circumstances. You should take independent financial advice from a professional in connection with or independently research and verify any information that you find on our show and wish to rely upon whether for the purpose of making an investment decision or otherwise continue to do your own research share your research, share your thoughts. Please, please keep doing that. I love that everybody's doing it. I love when you run up on us and tell us the research that you've done and it's paid off or if you've learned from some of the mistakes that you've made. So either way, it's a learning uh, process and we go further together when we learn together. So shout out to y'all. Yeah, there you have it. Ian, uh, anything you want to say? Um, Red Panda Stock Club call will be at 9.30 Central. Last week, you had probably the best call we've ever had. Uh, kudos to my buddy Dave. If you guys enjoyed that last week, please put yes in chat. Uh, tonight, we will be talking about private equity and how to break in while it's the fourth pillar of investing that you need to have in your wealth fortress. And I think that's it. Get your tickets to the show. Um, after tomorrow, the price of Stock Club is going to change every day and is not going to go beneath the price that it is now. So if you want to finesse real quick and get Stock Club for cheaper than $297, get you a ticket to Market Mondays Live, show up, enjoy. And uh, if you guys enjoyed the Apollo show, Please put Apollo in chat. Like Trump Rashad said, say this. The show is even better. I mean, this show is great, but live, whew, we had some fun. Incredible. Incredible. So don't miss out. Do not miss out. That's a fact. H Town, we will be invading the space. And we're going to be there um, a couple of days. So we, we'll be around. We'll be around. Shout out to everybody in H Town. Yes, yes. All right. <clears throat> Let's get into this. Um, I want to kick it off here. I know your voice. <laughs> tough, but. Got an amazing episode coming out with Nick. Um, from the both of you, what was the biggest lesson that you learned from Nick Cannon on uh, episode one, season two of Assets of Reliabilities? Yeah, I'll start so you can like maybe get some water. I, I think the biggest lesson I learned was lead with service. Um, Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise, and with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash 
Wondersuite. And so he tells, uh, and when you watch the episode, you hear some of the stories of the people that he's helped. And you, you know, he's never spoken about these things, but he always put himself in a position where he could help, whether it be giving somebody a resource or giving them a place to live, or even some of the artists that we know, giving them a studio just to record in and never ask for anything. Even the comedians, obviously, we know uh, we're wilding out, but a lot of the comedians that have come from wilding out and have gone on to have their own success. We know 85 South for sure, even Pretty V, somebody we sat down with. He's always led with service and always tried to make sure that the people that he's around were being put in the best positions as possible, even at his own expense sometimes. And to see the humbleness of him speaking about it and not wanting anything in return, but just leading with service, it was admirable. And I, and I told him that, like, he's really, for our generation, right? We spoke to Steve Harvey, but when I told him, like, he's the greatest showman of this generation, like, you think about the things that he's done. I mean, it's a, it's almost like a pretty ridiculous list. Like he's hosted plenty of number one shows. Yeah. He's had, he's done it in music. He's done it in comedy. He's done it in film. This is, this is a real legend, but he's always led with service and always look back and try to help the next generation or even people that he just believed in. who almost didn't believe in themselves at times. He believed in them. Um, and so that was the biggest thing I took away from him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I was going to say the same thing. You know, you think we, we, we spoke to him, um, 85 South, they come from him. Uh, Kalani slept on his couch. Mm -hmm. She comes from him. Um, as you said, like a pretty V, um, helping a lot of, um, you know, battle rappers. And these are things that, you know, he never uh, took advantage of people or never felt like they owed him. It was just like, he felt like, you know, just putting good energy in the world, good karma, and it'll come back to you. And that was something that he was real big on in the conversation is just to kind of, the more people that you help, um, the more the more blessings that you get and the more it actually helps you. And that's kind of been our model um, from day one. That's been our blueprint from day one is to help people get a voice, help people reach masses of people while we built our platform. It was to help other people build their platform. So yeah, I think that that was something that I, I took away from the conversation. Um, and, and, and along with, you know, just reinventing yourself He's a constant, you know, person that's always reinventing himself. He made a very good um, a talking point about um, owning the rights to Wiley Out. That was an interesting conversation because obviously everybody knows what happens when he, you know, they had that situation where he left Wiley Out, but he said he owns he owns the rights to Wiley Out, and that was real big for him to own that ownership. Um, so he has a, a partner a partnership with um, Viacom mm -hmm. on that. And, you know, they got like the wilding out, trying to make it like Dave and Buster's where they got like physical locations now and wilding out tour, merch, stuff like that. So he's real big on ownership. So, he, he, you know, he, he owns the, the wilding out um, franchise. So it was, it was it was very, very interesting conversation. But Nick Cannon, very, very smart man and um, very humble. And um, yeah, those are a couple of takeaways I got. Yeah, you know, you know what we have in common? is this pursuit. Like when he was explaining the, the, the world of Wild and Out and all the layers it has to it, it was like very reminiscent of what we're building. And so he was explaining like how this is gonna be a billion dollar company. And we're sitting here just listening like, yo, this is, this is, like, this is like mirror talk now, right? Like, yeah. yo, add this, acquisition here, acquisition there, keep building, add retail space, add a brick and mortar. Like, I'm like, wow, like we're on similar paths here. So it, yeah. It was refreshing to hear it because we're like, look at this guy who's a mogul. And here we are sitting with him, learning from him. But at the same time, we're already in the process of applying the same type of vision. So that, that was like a mirror talk moment for me.
Yeah. As, as a sidebar question, why do you think people don't look at him in the same regard as maybe like a Ryan Seacrest when you can arguably say he's bigger and done more than Ryan in comparison? I think, you know, he's, he's Nick Cannon, so a lot of people look at him as like a comedian or like a funny guy and stuff like that. So, you know, comedians never really get taken seriously, unfortunately, a lot of times. Like, it's just hard to take a comedian. Even Jamie Foxx, like, it, it took a while for people to actually take him serious as a singer. Yeah. Even though he's a great singer, yeah. he's singing and people still laughing because they're looking at him like he's Jamie Foxx. So I think, you know, it's a gift and a curse. And I think, you know, Nick, he's been around forever. Like, we grew up on Nick. He's been around since he was, like, 16 years old. So... Whenever you have a child, a child star, it's hard to take a child star serious and it's hard to take a comedian serious. So, yeah. And he doesn't brag. He doesn't brag. He's not bold. like this is probably one of the few interviews that he's ever talked about business in like detail. So, um, but, you know, I think that, um, you know, more people, especially after this episode, I think more people will start to un understand the business, yeah. the business side of it. Yeah. And we spoke about his latest venture, too, which is incredible. Um, his, the show that he had on Fox and it was like his vision for what like media is now and trying to put it in the old like format of what format. media is. Yeah. Like he gets it right. And so he's dealing with people in production and companies who don't get it. And so it was, a, I mean, okay. obviously the show got canceled um, literally like two weeks before we did the interview, the show got canceled. And so he spoke about that learning experience too. But like when he was speaking, it was like, Yo, he really gets it. This guy is like super sharp. But, you know, the, the, why don't we take him seriously? Like you said, it's a comedian. But people have always said like, yo, this guy, you know, whether it was like, yo, he's corny or he's so immature. It was just like one of those things that kind of like was a stigma that ran with him. Even as he's matured and put people on, it's kind of stayed there with him. But it doesn't like this guy is like, like I said, the greatest showman, whether it was America's Got Talent or whether it was Wilding Out or whether it was his own show or whether he was producing music which is like one of his passions or he was doing his own comedy which is another one of his passions yeah he's always reinvented himself and he's been successful at each in every level so and, and one one last thing before we switch topics say what you want about nick cannon but he got one of, he got one of the illest resumes put, did we get that clip he got one of the illest resumes of all time on and off the court on and off <laughs> yeah, the court. not so this is this is crazy. i don't know if i don't know if he, Yo, we don't. I, we may not have this clip, but when we were taking the, the photos at the end, they put on Meek Mill's joint on. You like dreams and nightmares, and so like right when the part when it was like, I did joints with Mariah. He was like, I got kids with Mariah. Like, I got twins who, with Mariah. Who, who could say that? <laughs> I mean, and, and who created the narrative that non-violent or non-street men were corny? Exactly. Well, we see it with Russell Wilson too, but I wonder. I feel like every time anyone that is black amasses some wealth, if they are not coming off or they are not violent, my conspiracy theory is that they, they are pushing that narrative to make us want to jeopardize our lives. Even like if you take Dolph, if you would have gave Dolph 15 more years, that could have been worth five, 600 million bucks easily. I wonder if they're doing that to push us into prison or early death. Because I don't see that happen in any other community besides ours. But you guys can let me know what you think. I agree. I agree. We have to be careful with those terminologies, square, yeah. stuff like that, because it's discouraging people to actually just be themselves. Be themselves, exactly. You know, nothing's wrong with nothing wrong with, with just being yourself. Yeah, nothing wrong with being on the sidewalk. You don't have to be a violent person to be a, a real person. A real person is just a, a person that's just true to himself, true to herself.
All right. I do have uh, a quick, quick question for you. So uh, in the clip, I have to bring it up. Uh, he said that he's not big on networking. What do you think is more important, like the mastery of your craft or networking? If you have well, to pick it. Well, yeah. So that was an interesting part when he said he was that, I think that might have been off camera to us. Mm -hmm. uh, but he had mentioned, yeah, that he's not really big on networking. It's just about getting yourself hot and then opportunities that come to you. And I understood by what he said by that, because it's like for, for us, like Diddy had a perfect quote one time when he was like, he was looking for people to work with him and he was like listing everything that he needed. And then he's like, come, come work with me, come find me. And they like hitting him. Like, how are we going to find you? Like, that doesn't even make any sense. Like you did he, but I understood what he meant by that. Like when you get yourself hot enough opportunities is going to come and people's going to come to you. And that's what was us. Like we didn't really spend most of our time trying to network with Hollywood agents and trying to network doing that, that we just focused on what we had. We built it and then we got hot. And then when you hot, the networking is a lot Doors easier because people, people come to you. So yeah. I understood what he meant by that. Like get yourself hot. It's not to say like don't ever network because you have to network, but network from an, from an equal yoke. Like you can't just like try to just knock on somebody's door. You don't have nothing to offer. Get yourself hot and then opportunities will come to you as opposed to you trying to like reach for opportunities and then they're, they're looking at you like, what do you have to offer? Yeah, I think that's one of the things we spoke about at Howard with the young adults who was like, look, we can, right? People will try to network up and we can just network across, right? So on top of like getting yourself hot, like get the people next to you hot because people are going to wonder like, wait, where did we hear you? Or where did we see you from? Or when was the last, like, that was your story that was told? Where, what what platform was that? And so when we network across and we elevate the people who are contemporaries, now it makes everybody hot. And then you can look now, people will start recognizing you like, wait, I've never got to tell my story. I, I never forget when we sat down with some, you know, some of the people we've interviewed and they were like, I've been in this industry for 25 plus years and nobody's ever asked me what I've done. Like, so can you imagine the amount of depth and, and knowledge that they have, but they've never got to share it. And so network across a lot of times before you start trying to say like, yo, I got to get Diddy. Right. I'm not I'm not starting until I get Diddy. Network across, build your build your, your inventory up and then eventually you'll be hot. Well, entrepreneurs do both. Uh, I know some of us are like and maybe even three years ago, two years ago, I would have been like, hey, only focus on mastery of craft. That was my blueprint for a long time. But there's value in being able to do both. Um, same thing when you guys are like, hey, stocks or real estate or crypto or put them all together. Uh, master craft first, but it makes your networking a lot easier. But if no one knows your value, it's really tough to scale. So I would say in, in these last words, do both. But master craft first and then network like crazy. Master craft, very important. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so let's get into this. Let's get into the meat and potatoes of this situation. Twitter and Elon Musk. <laughs> this is what everybody wants to talk about. Elon Musk. He's been on a, you know, he's doing Elon. Elon's being Elon. Um, you know, he wrote a letter. Uh, I think it was to the CEO saying that he wanted to buy the company. Uh, I think it was for $43 billion. $43 billion. Yeah. I think it's, that's like $54 a share, something like that. Yeah, it was at 54. Um, he gave a whole explanation of why it made sense. He was like, it's 30% more than when he purchased the original shares that he's been a hold of Twitter stock for a while. He feels that Twitter is the platform of freedom of speech, but he needs to, he needs to have full control over it. So he offered a buyout 
um, to take the company private, yeah. but he wants a hundred percent control of the situation. Yeah. Um, they have not responded. Have they responded yet? Yeah, they responded. What they say? They're not interested. <laughs> Just not interested. No point. Well. Yeah. Interested. Well, well, first in in January of this year, he bought nine nine percent of the shares. And so that was the first move. So he put he put the shares in place first. Now he's the he's the largest stakeholder in. Yeah. I know Vanguard was, as a entity had like eleven percent, but him as a single person, he had nine percent of the shares. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was the first thing. Now he's a larger shareholder. And then he came in with like, yo, this is run so poorly. I need to take full control of his 43 billion. They were like, wait, that's not even enough. But also, no. But then, but, but then yeah, Twitter stock is up $3 today. <laughs> yeah. It's up in the after hours. So a lot of people think like he did it to kind of start the bidding war and to like, you know, he is, he is still a stockholder, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. He does a lot of things that has like borderline. Yeah, but SEC no, no borderline. If <laughs> some, some of the stuff he does to put his thumb in the face of the SEC, um, ultimately, Elon's incredibly intelligent. Um, I think this is not about a battle of freedom of speech. It is about Elon gaining control of a platform so he can be one of the most important political political figures in our country. I know some people over the weekend were saying he is going to try to push to make an amendment so he can run for president. I highly doubt that will ever happen. Um, But if he does have a platform the same way that Bezos does Washington Post, after you accumulate a certain amount of money, number one, you do need a media platform in which you can control or at least fight back against certain attacks. So that's first thing first. Um, Second, Twitter is a poorly run company. So if you held it for a 10-year period, you almost are are flat. He made a good offer, but I think he should have forced the board's hand and really pushed to offer $81 a share, which has been like uptick above the all-time high. Now the board cannot, wouldn't be able to fight that offer. I put over on Twitter, I think Friday, you're going to see the real power players step up. We talked about this rules in Mexico and then the royal family in Saudi Arabia stepped up and said, hey, it's not enough money um for for you to be able to offer this price for twitter so there's a couple of things that i think a couple of mistakes people are making i think the media has gotten so soft we see it with cnn plus they only have i think ten thousand active subscribers i think they spend 150 million dollars on that platform um i think media has gotten so boring and so sensitive that you do need a platform in which you're able to speak freely, but we have to be very careful on who controls those platforms and who will be able to take advantage of them. But the biggest issue here is Twitter is a subpar tech company. I've never heard, like this is the most viral, non-important story I've ever heard. <laughs> like no one cares about Twitter except for the few people that are on it, but I want you guys to go dig deep. What is the purpose of Twitter as a tech company currently? Well, you you. You also have to look at Twitter as not so the social media is called social media for a reason. I don't think people even fully understand social media because even when I said it, I'm like, this is, in my opinion, this would be a play to make him one of the most powerful men in media. Absolutely. And it's like they're like media, like Twitter's not a media company. I'm like, well, what is it? It's a media company. Of course. And it's like when you look at social media, social media is, is, is dictating media. Stories are being created on social media. This is the whole Russia thing, what happened to Facebook. Stories are actually literally being created on social media. 
And if they're not created on social media, they're going viral on social amplified media. There. They're yeah, amplified yeah. on social media. So when you look at social media, Facebook is out of play, obviously. Mark Zuckerberg, you thought you can't buy Facebook. Yeah. TikTok situation that passed. If you want it on that, that opportunity is gone. Um, and then it's like, what else do you have? Snapchat, not really something that, you know, is real. I don't really see Snapchat as a major player in, in the years to come. Twitter is actually a place where people get news from. Yeah. It's it's where respected journalists and people actually go. Um, so this is one of the few opportunities. Microsoft owns LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So it's one of the few opportunities to actually out there left. Yeah. So he's looking at, okay, if, if I can control Twitter, now I have a real, you know, push in media and overnight becomes one of the strongest players in media. Yeah. So now he's not only the world's richest man, he's one of the most powerful yeah. people in media. Endless yeah. yeah. um, power. And yeah. can control narratives whenever he wants. I, I agree 1000% with what you're saying. When you think in terms of news, where do people get their news, right? Like, if I'm writing for the Washington Post, if I'm writing for writing for the you know New York uh, Daily News or the Journal, the Post, I can get it out faster by just putting my thoughts out on Twitter rather than sending it to an editor to say, "Can I get approved to put this out?" And so most people don't even waste that time. If they get news, the first thing they do is put it right on Twitter. Even like we even see it in sports, yeah. when like when Woj puts out a report, the first place he puts it is Twitter before it even goes to ESPN.com. He yeah. puts the news out and then he has to type up the entire article, send it to an editor, get it approved. And then like five to 20 minutes later, it'll be posted on ESPN.com. That's the same thing in any type of journalism. Whereas like Twitter is like, All right, I got a thought. Boom, I'm putting it out. Good or yeah. bad. You know, the interesting part about that whole story was that the former founder of Twitter, he had something to say. Right. So like as they're doing this, he, he was like, look, the number one dysfunction of Twitter has been its board. And so that's when Elon was just like, look, this board doesn't even own a, a lot of shares of the company for them to have this much power. So they, they were going back and forth. And he was just like, think about that. Like the founder is watching his company being dragged on its own social media. And he's like, look, those people right there that sit at that table, they're the reason we're in dysfunction. I mean, when, when you sit on a board and you're making two and a half million dollars a year, or $3 million a year, it's really hard to have an incentive. Like I think the CEO that is there now is solid. I don't think he's the second coming to Tim Cook, but like when you have a salary like that, it's really hard to make, have a lot of change. And then like, we're going through a pivotal point right now where the corporate structure is going to change. And a lot of games that used to be played will not be able to be upheld over these next 10 to 15 years. Um, ultimately, I think the four companies that should buy Twitter, because they're not going to let Elon do it. <laughs> I think Robin Hood should make a push to buy Twitter. Them or crypto.com would be like the leading two companies. If I were behind them, I would push like hell to get Twitter because now most people are getting financial information from Twitter. Now, if Robinhood acquires them and it's now integrated into their platform, now you have a different kind of moat, right? Um, of course, Apple's always in the running. I don't think they want a social media company, but they could be a good player. And then on the back end, Disney would be absolutely amazing. They're not going to let Elon take control of this company. But going back to my conspiracy theory bag real quick, that we want a non-born American to run one of the biggest social media platforms that is American-based in history. I am telling you, man, when this hits the fan, if this guy gets one of these platforms, this sounds like a Bond movie. Sounds like a Bond movie. Did you hear about the thing with him and Putin? No, what happened? Far more money. Uh, no, the satellite. Oh, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, what happened? 
they said that uh they said that uh, one of the 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 Russian uh warships I guess got sunk, and there was like I guess Putin was trying to figure out who sent the the coordinates. It's like you know nobody knew the coordinates of it, and apparently they said that uh. So it's it's a rumor, but they said like Elon when they they did the the knowledge on it, they found out that there was a uh, satellite in space. Oh, the Starlink, and it was Elon's satellite. <laughs> so now Putin talking about he gonna shoot down the satellite. So now, that was, I mean, if you haven't seen that, the, I think it's Business Insider. They had a, a interview with Elon. It's like a ten minute interview when you can just you can actually hear his brain like out loud. It's just like this guy's mind is just different. But one of yeah. the, the first things he said was Putin. He has far more money than me. And most people, like I said, we talk about wealth and people who we can account for their wealth. And we know like he may be potentially worth 250 billion for him to come out. The first thing, the first line of the interview is like, that guy has more, way more money than me, way but more. He's also playing a political game because that is a political statement to try to, you know, for him to even say that, whether it's true or not, right. for Honestly. him to say that, for him to say that, that's a politically driven statement for him to say, because he's trying to obviously, you know, put Putin in a bad light. And then he's also been very vocal about his support for Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Um, so politics is something that he might get into also because he's already kind of carving out different political stances. You have a platform that yeah. it makes you can it push everybody in the doge. You can then pick a candidate that you want to run for president and puppeteer. T- like the power, the purpose of to get money is to get enough control politically to be able to control the country. We just get taught about the first piece. That's why people with money, after you get to a certain number, like the money part doesn't matter. What really matters is like, can you get the mechanisms in place to be able to, to have power to control and protect yeah. the money? It's the chessboard. Like he, he's yeah. had, this, he strategically had this planned out, right? There's a reason why he bought the shares. There's a reason why uh, him and Jack Dorsey were, are, are working on uh, the solar uh, farm. There's a reason for it. Like we just hear about it three to four months later, but they've been planning it before, you know, well before this. And he doesn't have a house right now, he said. Yeah, he's living in, in his name. That that sounds good. That like he on his car, yeah. He's living a guest room of his boys. Kanye yeah. got it from him, but it was like, and you're that's one of them people like, well, Buffett doesn't own any planes or yachts. I'm like, not in his name. <laughs> if you go look at the company, though, you think he Buffett's living in that rinky dink house and all that's, that's <laughs> he, li- he lives in the five billion dollar factory in Texas. That's marketing. <laughs> I hear you. But Elon is either going to be like the greatest thing we've ever seen and the greatest economic savior that we've ever seen in, this, in the United States of America, or, or he's going to be the greatest Trojan horse ever. We have to be very careful. I love Elon as an entrepreneur, but this can turn left very fast. I'll say that and leave it there. So speaking about Twitter, what is, what's Twitter stock? Um, what's the, what's the three month um, projection for Twitter stock? Should people be investing in Twitter? I know a lot of people wanted to play short-term options on this, playing the news. It's, it's a good trade. I wouldn't hold it for long-term. Um, at some point, Twitter should drop down to like $25.13. So. 25 13 Write it down, ladies and gentlemen. Book it. $25.13. Is it better than Google? Is it better than Apple? Is it better than... Facebook is better than Twitter as a stock. TikTok, even though... Not publicly traded here. Um, I can name, I can make the case that Alibaba is better than Twitter. And if one person can move a stock this much, that shows like Twitter is Tony Kukoc. Could have been great, had a couple good seasons, but it's not what they're hyping it up to be. 
You know, that's, a basketball, to Tony. that's a basketball Hall of Famer, <laughs> by the way. What yeah. Hall of Fame? No, he's in, he's in the Hall of Fame. That's a fact. The NBA Hall of Fame? No, nah, it's just a basketball Hall of Fame. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. 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 of, of the Euro. I mean, it's ball, man. It is what it is. Oh, Shout out to NBA three time champion. champion. Shout out to everybody on YouTube, 5,500 people. Hit the like button and share. Please. We will be doing a giveaway of some sorts at the end of the show, but we need. 6,500 people in here to, to back to it. Happen. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, let's, we gotta do something. let's hit the likes. Okay. And let's hit the, um, let's hit the share button. Okay. Let's talk about this stock market. Uh, the futures market ended relatively flat on the S and P how much longer before the market begins to go back up. This is what everybody wants to know. How yeah. much, how much more pain do people have to suffer? I think we have about six more weeks. So lumber prices are finally settling. Um, inflation is going to be bad for a little bit longer, but it's not going to be as bad as everyone predicted it would be. You can mark the challenges. You have about six more weeks of pain to go through. Um, I think it is going to be very clear very soon um, that we're going to have a change in terms of political structure that will bring some consistency in the market because people hate to invest when there's uncertainty. So when you have a clear plan, clear landscape of what's going to happen, it's a lot easier to invest. There are a couple of markets that you can invest in and still do incredibly well in. But overall, the next six weeks will be tough. And then after that, we'll start to smooth out and then be OK. So I know some people are like, hey, should I take all of my money out? No, you still want to invest for the long term. Uh, but for those of you that are trading as well, ease up a little bit on the downside because we aren't going to have these incredible moves to the downside as much. Um, and then once you see hedge funds start to pour in a little bit more money, we'll be fine. But give us six more weeks, eight tops, and then we'll start to, to balance out. Um, I believe by end of the year, we should only be up maybe six to maybe 9% on a year in terms of the S&P 500. So we'll be flat. But for traders, it's great because the volatility is absolutely has been fantastic like this first quarter or so. So, yeah, give us six weeks and we'll, we'll be all right. Yeah, Jan uh, Hatzus, he's a Goldman Sachs chief uh, economist. He predicted that uh, there's a 15% chance of recession within the next 12 months, 35% chance over the next two years. Mm -hmm. And so that's good news. Uh, what'd you say? Uh, the chief, he's a Goldman Sachs chief <laughs> economist. So he had a prediction scale. So like, uh, I think last week, a couple of, of, of firms came out and said that we're headed toward recession. Um, but they never gave a percentage with it. And so based on this calculations, based on obviously um, all of the factors that would lead to recession, they said there's a 15% chance in the next 12 months. And for the next two years, 35% chance of a, of a recession. So, so if Biden gets knocked out of office and we get a Republican president, which that probably will <laughs> go back to the 1950s and do every election since and see the probability of being in a recession under a Republican leader versus Democratic. Leader. Now, some Republicans can argue Democrats caused the mess and we get the blame. This that would be the case this time. Um, but during a Republican presidency, we tend to have more recessions. So and those are like I, I know people look at the R word as like a bad word. Those are times when you can start to build generational wealth. So me personally, in 08, when 08 happened, I was like, I'll vow to never miss out on these opportunities ever again. And that's when I began to like really, really hone in and master my craft around this market. When we hit the recession, everyone listening, I'm begging you to do the same. 
Like learn this market like the back of your hand and you'll be able to make some incredible money. For, and the crazy part, I didn't know how to trade then, which is a gift and a curse. But if you can invest long-term and trade in a recession, you know, for those of you who were at Apollo, you saw Troy put, put up the billboard. There, those are some big numbers you can hit for sure uh, in a recession. So enjoy it. Please enjoy it. Yeah, new, new billboards soon come. What I'm realizing too is that a lot of these, a lot of these projections are actually guesses, because if you look at the last two recessions, nobody predicted that. Nobody predicted. You predicted coronavirus. Well, I predicted a recession in 2020 for sure. In 2018, I did. But why? Why did you predict it? Because the recession was for a global pandemic. It, it was a mathematical it, calculation. Like I, I know people make jokes about the crystal ball, but like when I went and did the mathematical calculations on when we were hit. For those, for the women who were trading with me in 2018, like I said, hey, but 2020 in chat, if you were there, like I, I said, it was going to hit but, for but sure. What, in what what mathematical equation are you are you using? We could I can't give that on your there. theory, huh? I said we I could base it on your theory, right? We said every every uh, eight years or 12 years, right? We've been on an uptrend, right? So at some point, there's going to be a pullback. Somebody's going to be a catastrophic event. Based uh, yeah, on just your yeah, theory. yeah. I mean, that's just that's just theoretically, right? Yeah, that's just that's just like. But I look at leadership though. That, that's just, yeah, that just happens over the course of time. That's what I'm saying. But mm -hmm. I'm saying nobody predicted coronavirus. No, that, no, no, no. Well, but, one person did. I forgot her name. Uh, oh my god, what is her name? If you go to Tim Ferriss's podcast, she actually did predict it in 2018. Well, that's a in a it was in a book. Well, this yeah, yeah, and it's like what you call it too. Um, what was it? Uh, Bill Gates. He gave a TED talk, and it that was, was that was scary. He gave yeah. a TED talk. That so. was a little, that was a little. Crazy. It's easy to predict something that <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, allegedly. All right, <laughs> China. Hi, Microsoft. China. Do any China stocks excite you? Um, I actually like Alibaba. I mean, I may need it to. I'm drop. happy you said that. <laughs> Maybe if it drops another twenty bucks. If and that, listen, Mike clipped this up. Nikki clipped this up for a five-year hold. So if you hold any less than, it's not going to work well. Um, I like Alibaba. Um, I want to like Tencent. It's not there yet. Um, there are a couple other stocks there that have potential, but Alibaba is the only one right now that I'm excited about. And if it drops like twenty dollars lower than what it is right now, I'm I'm with you on Alibaba. I want to know your thoughts though, Charlie Charlie Munger. Obviously, last week, if, if anybody wasn't familiar with. Uh, Vice uh, Chairman of Berkshire Hathaway. He sold half his stake in uh, in Alibaba, over three hundred thousand shares. Did that have any impact on your feelings on Alibaba? Or it's like, all right, Charlie, I don't. We don't have to agree. I mean, one of the greatest investors, but we don't always have to go with what they what they're doing, right? Um, a lot I, of people will say follow what the wealthy people are doing. Absolutely, because so there, there are certain things he may know geopolitically. And if we hit a recession, man, Alibaba could fall to like an all time record low for a company with that kind of market cap mm -hmm. um i wouldn't buy it right now it's not a good price but if it did fall 20 bucks lower 30 bucks lower i'd be happy this definitely has to be a five-year hold because geopolitically we cannot change a lot of the things that are happening there but that's the one stock in china that i'm like yeah. if it falls to a certain price i am elated to grab it so and i'll say this i wouldn't put it in a primary account number two i would probably create a separate account so for my investors and traders, like if you have a long-term account, a swing account, let's say you have like a speculation account that you don't look at every day, put it in that account. So, cause if you draw down 20%, you don't want it to bleed your main portfolio. But if you just tuck it away for maybe two or three years, 
you may look up one day and you may be up 60, 80% and be happy with that, with that game. But I wouldn't put it like in a, my primary four at all. Yeah. I, I, I like Alibaba um, for a couple of reasons. Um, when I start looking at its comparison uh, to that and Amazon, mm-hmm. um, obviously we know what AWS is for Amazon, but Alibaba, you know, they control a large percentage of the, the cloud service in China as well. And so when they're looking at percentages wise of what, you know, the cloud expansion is going to look like in mainland China, they're talking about a 60% growth by 2027. And so if they own, I think right now they control 30% of, of the cloud service on mainland China. And so if they control that large of a percentage and there's potential growth there, it makes sense. I like it in that sense. Um, they have almost 1.3 billion users on their platform, which, which is, you know, that's, that's, that's a large, that's a large percentage of the world really. Um, so those two reasons I like it outside of it being China, and obviously, I've learned my lesson with you know dealing with some Chinese stocks. I like those two factors. Yeah, because the, the geopolitical risk is the only thing that terrifies me. So for my investors and traders, like the geopolitical stuff is worse than like a market maker um, deciding to like flood the market on a short side, or even like hedge funds deciding to short it. So you're probably going to have to hold it through this most recent recession, and then if we get another one in 24, 25, end of 24, early 25, you we'll have to hold through, but. If you hold it until 27, 28, you can have a nice home run. So, um, but investing has considerable risks. This is not a crystal ball guarantee. I'm just telling you, you're going to have to hold it for at least five, ideally 10. Um, but yeah, if, you, if you're looking for a dark horse, Alibaba is the, the one I like. Yeah. Right and now. We just we just saw uh, Didi. They, they're on the verge of being uh, delisted. Yeah. Whew. Stock took a, Don't touch a, it. Be, took a beating today. I think it was down 20%. Um, and I know some of you going to trade it. If you're going to trade it, do it for one day and be done. But do not hold DD4 anything longer than that. Please don't do it. It's too much a risk. Any other? Any others? Tencent? Any other? I like the idea of Tencent, but just geopolitically, I can't afford to... Man, like, imagine if you owned a grocery store on a block that Omar from The Wire was, like, walking up. <laughs> You could have a prime location, but if no customers want to come there, what are you going to do? He's going to scare everybody off the block. That is China's political structure currently as viewed through an American lens. Yes, I am caping. So just let you know. Hey, Ernest, did you know that the black community has $2.7 trillion of spending power? Are you ready to see what you can do when you combine and recirculate our resources to expand the pool of black excellence? I know I'm ready. And that's why we've partnered with Greenwood the in-demand black-owned digital banking platform. Greenwood's namesake was founded in 1906, built from the brilliance of black dreamers looking to create a self-sufficient community in the Greenwood district of Tulsa, Oklahoma, AKA Black Wall Street. Today, Greenwood is a digital banking platform with the mission to strengthen the black dollar using the same community reinvestment strategies of the original Greenwood district. And it's powered by a best-in-class mobile app that allows you to bank from anywhere. So earners, if you're ready to build a new legacy of black economic achievement, go to bankgreenwood.com slash EYL and sign up to be a part of the new Greenwood community. That's bankgreenwood.com slash EYL. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Head over there now. I wouldn't yep. do it. Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. Can you guys yeah, put in chat if you know anybody who's bought anything related to Neo? Merch, anything. Look at revenue, look at net income. Mm-mm. I wouldn't touch it right now. 
Not rocking with Neo. Shout out to Neo. That was a good trade. That was a good trade. Neo, shout out to Neo. Yeah, shout, out to, shout out to all Neo 5,900. We got to get 6,500 before we do some giveaways. Yes. Even with the cold, the boy going to make it rain. <laughs> <laughs> like, Respectfully. Hit the like button and uh, share. So let's get into this. This is the one that everybody, my guy from Instagram, uh, what's his name? Crypto. 901. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yes. been campaigning hard. Like, yes. he is to ripple what I am to, to Vanguard VOO for sure. He was on Stock Club call a few weeks ago. Yeah, he's been going hard on this. Yeah. Okay. Ripple, XRP, the case against um, them. SEC, I believe the SEC got a case against them, right? Yeah, it's been going, it's been going on. Two it's been going on for a while. Two, three years. It's been going on for a while. The XRP enthusiasts say, once this clears up, it's XRP to the moon. I was invested in XRP in 2017. Um, Past tense? Well, you know the unfortunate okay, situation. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Don't so, remind them. Okay, okay. I'm so, sorry. Uh, my apologies. What do we? What do we? You want to blast them or no? Uh, I'm in litigation. <laughs> Got you. Okay. Got you. So Never what? Mind. What? What do we feel? What do we feel about um, XRP and Ripple? Um, I like it a lot. I think the only thing that scares me with them requesting uh continuance or delay in this case is that they're going to find some loophole where Ripple wins the case, but they are going to try and halt it. And I don't want to have to dance around this very delicately. I'll say this, like Charles from Ethereum, when him and Vitalik were a team, Charles was really the mastermind. Vitalik got pushed as to the forefront as the mastermind, right? Um, and there are certain cryptocurrencies that they want, and I'll use they lightly, to be in the lead. I think Ripple is a cryptocurrency like wet dream, but for whatever reason, behind the scenes, there are people that are trying to dampen it. And I think they have a slam dunk case, but when they request it to delay, I'm like, what trick are they going to pull out of their bag to throttle the success of Ripple again? Mm. Um, that's why I always tell you guys, there's a game inside of a game. The reason, I'll say it definitively, the reason why I like Vanguard over Schwab or Fidelity, they are the number one power player in that space. Kudos to Jack Bogle. Like, so when you are number one, there are certain rules and exemptions that you can make happen that other companies cannot make happen. I think Ripple should have the preeminent position. And for those of you who are investing prior to 2020 and 2016, 2017, Ripple was like top four. Yeah. And then all of a sudden. It was at three. It was at three. It was number three. So Ripple. They got the two. Ripple is the company. XRP is the coin. Yes. And at the time when Ripple was over $3, the CEO. At the time when XRP was over $3, CEO Ripple became top 10 richest people in the world. That's and that's when they was like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, <laughs> and then shortly after that, it started to fall apart. And they Every like, when stuff starts to not make game. sense anymore, like that's when it's like, literally like their valuation was more than like, I feel like it was crazy. a lot of banks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But when we, when we spoke about it and every time we give the analogy about the transaction speeds, what we were talking about was the Ripple coin. Cause that's what Ashton Kutcher, when he went to Ellen, he had given that example. And I'm like, wow, that makes perfect sense. This is why Ripple makes perfect sense. This is like 2000, late 2017. We're like, that's the coin we got to get. We got to be part of that. 
And so I remember being super excited. I remember reading those white papers and I'm like, this is it. And then we watched it go to $3 and it was like, I, I felt like how I guess everybody felt when they were buying Dogecoin at the time. And it was yeah. like, wait, they had no idea what cryptocurrency was. And they got this Dogecoin and they were like, wait, we Doge millionaires. And we were just like, yo, this is crazy. <laughs> and so it was like, now we got to find more. We got to find more. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm still there. I'm, st- I'm still in XRP. But there's, there's obviously you want to not just be invested in one uh, cryptocurrency. I would, I would encourage people to learn about more of them, especially like the, the top 10 ones. And even like Poly, I think Poly is one of those. I mean, it's a, Again, this is I'm not telling anyone to invest. I'm just talking about the use cases. For at least four. Yeah. Poly uh, Cardano is great. Um, Avalanche, I think, is incredible as well. Uh, in Ethereum, for sure. And Bitcoin, we know those. But even Binance coin. Um, th- these are just like some powerful ones that you should definitely be aware of. And I'll say this, too. The reason why Apple spends so much time at the White House. So does Google. Um, I've never said it before publicly. But you have to make sure whatever asset that you're invested in, they have good relationships with governments internationally. Because if not, this is part of what happens. Um, For those of you who remember 2008, 2009, like Bear Stearns, they let that company die because of pre-existing beef or drama amongst other banks. I got to save Bear Stearns. Like, Carl Icahn could have came in and saved it and got it for 55 cents a share the same way Buffett got shares. You guys can put it in chat for those of you who are market historians. Which bank did he get it for a considerable rate, considerably cheap rate? So if they don't have protection from government agencies, and that's why when you guys in my TikTok like, hey, bro, stick to stocks. You know what I mean? I'm like, how don't you know JP Morgan paid for Ethereum to be where it is? And it's a couple other banks that are helping some of the crypto y'all love consider that's I'm like when I'm telling you there's no you you're going to have to pay that big or that toll fee regardless. And either you're going to choose to play the game with the hedge funds and the banks or you're going to lay down. Ripple chose not to play which I commend and then they colluded to make them get down. Ethereum played the game. That's why I say, if you love Ethereum, how do you hate Cardano when Charles, and I'm not doing this to pump Cardano, but if Charles is really the mastermind and he is what you think Vitalik is, how the hell do you not support him? Great. <laughs> Got to be very careful. But if you don't have that backing and that support, very tough. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's still the number six coin by market cap, over 37 billion. Mm-hmm. Um, even with, with the, um, this has been going on for like two or three years now. So, I mean, it's still top 10. Uh, and I didn't say Solana. I know somebody's going to kill me because I didn't say Solana. Solana is, is in the top 10, too. Another one you should definitely be doing your research on. Yeah. 6,000 people on YouTube. Hit Uh-oh. the like button. Uh-oh. Oh, we're getting close. We get to 6,500. I know some of you hate it when we do the Cash App thing. And, you know, the chat go crazy. But it is entertaining. <laughs> and we are giving back to the people. I think we only show, period, that gives back directly to the audience. Yeah. Basically. Yep. <laughs> basically <laughs> so i know some of you hate it but i'm like man i wish when i was watching mad money shout out to jim i could have called in and got booyah and 200 bucks in the mail i wish <laughs> so, i don't in think real, it's a bad thing in real time um and zoom if you're on zoom log on to youtube just just cuz and put it on yeah. mute 
Um, <laughs> okay, you want to go over some some um, stock charts? Yeah, tr- if you can pull up on your side. If not, we can do Q and A. But I, I just want to go over a couple and not just do the typical. All right, let me. Uh, I'll pull up on my screen. Give me one sec. And we can look at let's say JetBlue um, first, then LV, right. and then United. Any platform? Yeah, we can do Yahoo Finance. Keep it simple. All right, yeah, and we can just hit max. So I want to show when we're looking at charts, like what are we looking at? So like when we hop on a FaceTime or you call me like seven thirty, like bro, you see this? I, I want to kind of just walk them through. Uh, you want to go first? Um, you can pull up JetBlue. All right. J-B-E-L-U. I got you. And then we can hit max. So when people are like, hey, can we invest in airlines? I want everyone to take a motion out of it. I want you to just look uh, at the chart. And let's go to the max chart. Okay. So first thing first, we want the stocks to go up like how we want our account to. Everyone put in chat. Is JetBlue going up or down? It's going down. We don't want to touch assets that are going down for this long period of time. And you can see for years, JetBlue was flat. You don't want that. You want your stocks to go. Please type in chat up and to the right. Okay, now let's look at LV in comparison. And we'll see the same thing. Now, during times, now this is a, a gem. I want you to map, excuse me, write out 90% off of the high. So if we hit a recession, that will tell you the prices in which you could buy all time. I want you to go to a max chart first. So I don't want you to buy in the middle. So I don't want you to buy Las Vegas Sands like around a $47 mark. Take the all-time high. What is 90% off of the all-time high? Hypothetically. So the 2007 and 2008 recession was dramatically different. But let's say we do get a rock bottom price. And we're able to invest and we're able to hold for 10 to 15 years and say we're able to get it at four bucks or seven bucks. I would hold it from seven bucks back up to 47 or 50 and you'll be okay, right? And then, Troy, let's look at, uh, let's do United Airlines. I don't like airplane stocks for the most part, but same thing, 90%. This is the gym I want you to take away in a recession. 90% off the all-time high. So let's look at, oh, even better. Let's, let's look at USO because uh, oil went negative. USO? Yes. All right. So when crude went negative, even though historically crude is not a great investment, for those of you who've been doing the reading, you can tell um, whenever crude doubles in a year, that is a sign of a recession. So when crude went negative, if I was able to catch crude at a dollar, USO at a dollar, and I'm able to ride it up to the price that it is now, that would be a good investment. But you want to mark off those areas where it's 90%. And as Troy would always say, it's about patience. I know some of you don't want to hear, hey, wait, all of your big profits and the big bag that you guys want is going to come from waiting. Talk to him. The longer you wait, the more I'll make. Please put that in chat. The longer you wait, with the exception of Market Monday Live tickets, please get them now. The longer <laughs> you wait, the more you will make. So if you wait one or two years for an incredible opportunity and you load the boat there, 
then you'll be able to take full advantage of it and then get it at a price in which no one else is able to. But that is a gem I want to give you 90% off the all-time high. When we go into a recession, you should be elated. So if you can buy a Mercedes right now or Lambo, Rolls Royce for 90% off, you would find the financing for it. You have to treat this like that. So if we hit a recession and let's say Home Depot comes super cheap, Lowe's, and maybe even Neo. Like if Neo got to a dollar twenty-five, I, I would load up because the probability of it at least going back up to nine is more than eighty percent. So look at every asset class across the board. Mark off ninety percent for everything. Do this with five hundred charts. Please put five hundred in chat. And when a recession comes, you will be elated because there's at least going to be two or three things, and you're going to be like, "Damn, I don't think it'll ever go that far." And something's going to come out. It's going to be a fact. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. A finger trade, a flash crash, a hedge fund blows up, something's going to happen and it's going to drive that price down and you'll be able to get it for pennies on the dollar. And you'll be good. So that's the one, Jim, I wanted to share from chart time tonight. No more chart? A- any ones you want to look at? Uh, I mean, people want to look at Tesla, so let's put it up there. Let's look at Tesla. They, they, I know when I say it, they're going to be like, oh, my gosh. Is, is the crystal ball going to come out tonight and talk about Tesla? So I'm Not tonight, it but it will come out at Market Mondays Live. Shameless plug. Market Mondays Live. Get your tickets. Get your tickets. 75 tickets left. Now, could Neo go that low? Listen, I this. want you guys to know. I'm going to go five stock, here, Ian. Okay. All right. Every stock could go to zero. Like you have to bank on what can make like, so if Elon left, let's say he got 100% ownership of Twitter. How much of Tesla does he own? And what if he say, hey, I'm done with Tesla. 
and now John, somebody, John Smith runs it. How much of the value then leaves? 60 to 70% of it will leave. You have to always bet that a stock could go to zero. Even for Apple, I told you guys, I think by 2035, the dominance of Apple will erode and go away. You always have to plan for what is going to happen in the worst case scenario. That's when you learn how to buy the best prices. So if it gets down to 515 bucks, I would love Twitter. I'm assuming Tesla at that price. Would love. I'll put every dollar I could in at that price as long as Elon is there. If Elon leaves, I ought to go to 515 in a heartbeat. 515 in a heartbeat because there's the most of the value that is there in Tesla and in almost any company that is ran by a celebrity CEO is the alpha produced by a celebrity CEO being there. That's why if Steve Jobs left and he would have ran Warner Music Group, Warner Music Group would have tripled just by him being there. If Tesla ran Disney, Disney would go up 10x probably just from him being there and being a worse CEO. So you have to factor that into your fundamental equation, which many people don't talk about. Do you have a celebrity CEO that has like a positive Q rating or like positive score? For their business, it does have a impact on the stocks, even though it shouldn't fundamentally. You know, it's interesting. You said five uh, fifteen for that that Tesla. My new billboard for Market Mondays live in Houston actually has something very similar to that. Um, that I'm going to share with the people. Uh-huh. <laughs> very interesting up. that you said that. that. All right, let me let's go back to here. So let's let's go back. I'm going to stop sharing here, and we're going to go back here. Be back on scene, crispy and clean. Perfect. Everybody perfect. put MVP to Shotty for showing up during the flu game. <laughs> <laughs> know that man. Yo, real quick, before, I know it's nine o'clock and um, it's uh, it's our earnings time. So I, I know earnings uh week and earnings month really is about to be started uh yeah. tomorrow. We got some big ones. Uh, I know we talk about it a lot, but Netflix will be reporting tomorrow, um, after close and. We have Tesla that's going to be reported on Wednesday as well. And a couple others. Hold on one sec. There it goes. Uh, Tesla on Wednesday, ASML. I've been talking about that. Um, and, and shout out to our Market Mondays family for putting us on game and everybody that's done the research on ASML. We talk about semis and we talk about who's producing the semis. ASML is one of those ones that um, I have rated very highly on my watch list. Um, actually, I'm in, I'm, I'm in a position to ASML. And Procter & Gamble will be reporting on Wednesday as well. Uh, Thursday, we got American Airlines and Snapchat, the company that we have apologized <laughs> for multiple times here on Market Mondays. Um, I believe on our third episode, we, we gave a, a, a thumbs down rating on Snap, but they, they have survived. They have survived. And Friday, uh, Amex will be reporting. I know two years ago, man, it's crazy when we were talking about Amex. And I always tell a story about uh, how my mother um, made me uh, an authorized user and it's helped my credit out. But two years ago, we were talking about Amex going into China. And what that would do for the company as far as spending power and the people who actually are spending in luxury goods and using Amex. And uh, we saw the the stock run up for $99. I think got up to 171 at one point. So they'll be reporting on Friday as well. So some of- Let's uh, talk about fit. Netflix real quick. Yeah, let's talk about Netflix. Let's These do it. earnings are not good. Um, do you? Th- I, I think the expectation is going to be low for their they earnings. They need to set them lower. Ozark's not going to save them. Ozark's not going to save it. Uh, was it Bridgerton? Is that the other show? Yep. I don't know if that's going to save it. Um, What's the other one? The- Corey, Corey been watching uh, the, the Dayton joint. 
the ultimatum, not oh. like Netflix may get to 260. If these yeah. earnings are not good. Whew. Yeah. So the shares have dropped 44% year to date. Um, and it's just, they were at a high of 612 at the end of 2020. Oh, 612. Now, a couple of things have happened since then, right? They have raised the price on the subscriptions, which is another way that companies like to gain revenue. So it's like one of those sneak ways. How are we going to make more revenue? We'll charge more. But they did something else, too. Um, and it was kind of like, I don't know if when is it going, it's going into effect, but they, they're trying to uh, lock down on that multiple user pat, uh, login. And so if you crack down on that, then people are actually going to have to get their own logins, which I don't know if people are going to come back leave. when they have... Other options. They got HBO Max. They got Disney Plus. That's why uh, I always got- say, like, leading with low price is a disastrous formula. And also, Kmart, I, I know you guys saw the meme going around, like, Blockbuster got put out of business because of uh, lack of innovation. They went out of business because of high debt. And Netflix is high ironic debt. enough. The debt is so high. The yeah. people are going through those shows so fast. Yeah. It, 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 it's, a, it's a vicious cycle. I actually spoke about this with... um. My fifth, I had a fifth grade uh, group and we were talking about Netflix. And I'm like, you, the question I posed at the beginning of the lesson was like, will Netflix be here in 10 years? And they were just like, of course it'll be here in 10 years. And then we started doing a case study on like how they have to create original content at a like historic level. And then you throw in something like a pandemic where production has to stop. And now you can't make original content. And then other companies are starting to get their content back from lease right so when you see the number one show the office leave and go to peacock because that's licensed to universal well now you lost your number one show right and then you start seeing disney create their platform and now all the disney movies are or the leases run up and so now they're going there so you keep losing all this content which you have a monopoly over for so long and you can't produce at the at a rate that's going to keep you in profit like this costs a lot to put on these shows. Yeah, right? I mean, real. Is Marvel make an app? It's game over for a lot of those platforms too. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think, and that's why when we talk about Disney, I think it was my favorite streaming platform. But they're doing something now. They're trying to make a push to get content that's over PG thirteen, and so they're going to try to take some of that audience that is looking like ah, Disney's just for kids. But now, yeah, you got a core audience with Star Wars, and you got a core audience with with some of the the Marvel content, but. If they start making PG-13, and I doubt they'll ever do rated R, but even if they did, it'll be a consent before you log in. I, I, I saw that the other day. Like it, I had to put a consent on like, yo, I'm over a certain age on my Disney app. So that tells me that they're going to start pushing content that's a little more adult-friendly, adult which is going to bring a larger audience. Can someone put in chat how much uh, revenue Netflix made in 2021 and how much debt they have? And let's like a, look at the debt-to-revenue ratio. That's always a good indicator. And I, this is why I always tell everyone, like if you can personally not guarantee something and use another person's money, great. But when you're investing in a company and they have a bunch of debt and they don't have a bunch of moats or a loyal fan base, like no one's really loyal to Netflix. It's a great business model. But then the thing that made it great was the low price of it. And then back in 2004, Five, six, seven, eight. The debt cycle wasn't that high. Yeah. Great shows. That's why I, all my entrepreneurs, I'm telling you, the more you can stay away from debt, the better off you'll be. Everyone always argues until the bank says, hey, let me get that money that I loaned you. And then if you've ever been in debt, the pressure that you feel every time you get a phone call, every time you go to the mailbox, 
is different. The companies that survive usually have very uh, little, or if you are going to get a loan, let it be less than two, 1.5% interest. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah so Netflix the, may not be here in five or six years. The, the biggest number we need to look um, tomorrow is the subscribers. So that'll be the number we, we would definitely have our eye on and you should have your eye on if you're invested in Netflix is how many subscribers did they get last quarter? I know they, they had an estimate that came in way low. I think it was 2.5 million last quarter. No way. Something some crazy. It was something crazy, but two point five million. Can somebody confirm that? Because if you do fifteen percent annual churn, you can predict at that point how long they have until they're not profitable. Yeah, somebody's gonna put it in chat. Appreciate y'all. <coughs> yeah, gonna be ugly. Shout out to Ozark. It's returning on the 29th. It's gonna be great. <laughs> <laughs> the the final season. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you want to get some questions? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it now. Uh, let's go to... Uh... Janet's not with us today. Samantha, we coming to you. Unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. What's going on, Samantha? Where's she, where's she at? Janet is a little under the weather. Shout out to Janet. Get well. Hey, can you guys hear me? Yeah, we hear you perfectly. Yes, how, how are you? Sick. What's going on? How are you? How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. Uh, so my question is... If let's say we are planning on having a recession in the next year or two years, what are you guys doing to prepare for that to make sure that you're safe? But also, how do you plan on taking advantage of it when if that comes? It's a great question. Uh, you mind if I start? Okay. Um, so the matrix that you always have to follow is business first, then investing into the market, then real estate, and then you need a fourth pillar um so you need at least four sources you're going to see this number come up continuously with me um so in the stock market i'm waiting for everything to at least drop 75 percent. and if they drop to those levels i red panda let me get some pandas in chat they'll tell you man when the market drops i i never said publicly i am elated when the market drops so when 2020 happened and everyone's like oh my god i don't know what to do i'm like i've been waiting since 08 um, and I told you guys before, if I can do it over again, I would have went into debt and the millions and borrowed money to then invest in the 2020 market. So I will mark off the top 50 stocks that I'm looking at. I will mark same thing from all time high. What is a 90% drop off? What is a 75% drop off? And what is a 55% drop off? Those are the three areas I would want to buy. Um, most importantly, Everyone has to have some sort of business double down in a recession. I'm begging you to. I know people are going to say it's crazy, but the best time to build a business is during a recession because people are now for the first time open. Because if we started to show in 2018, you guys wouldn't have gave a damn. Most people were hurting or bleeding. And I looked at us as like being Dr. House in the emergency room. So if I can patch you up real quick and tell you what to invest in, there's trust there. When a recession happens, corporations, people are open to new ideas. And now the idea that everyone thinks is crazy, you can now get through. So you have to have business, long-term investing, ideally real estate. If you come to Market Mondays Live, Chris will be able to guide you through that part. And then you need a fourth pillar to be able to have some security and you'll be fine. But all my real investors, you get elated when recessions and pullbacks happen. I, I think he just gave a blueprint right there. But the, the other... 
piece I would just add is be prepared for it, right? Like there's nothing like being, having a recession or having an opportunity to invest and you don't have the capital. Like, so you get to watch these games, right? <laughs> like we like, and that's something that we stood on. Like in 2008, I remember like myself, Ashad, Jamal, we were just like, damn bro. Like that was our lifetime event. Like this may never happen again. And so when 2020 came, we were just in a different position and were able to capitalize on it. So being be on FaceTime all day, all night, <laughs> man, that, that chat, oh boy. And, and looking back, 2020, man, I should have found a way. Man, I should have listened to my dad back in 92 instead of listening to Tupac. I should have found a way to get like 100 doors. Because look how, how much. Man, I'll be looking back like, damn, my dad was telling me get eight doors a year since 96. I was like, no, I'm going to listen to all eyes on me. My bad. Stupid. <laughs> Trying to make up for lost time. Ambitious um, as a trader. Hey, <laughs> this is what happened when you don't listen. So when you guys are like, yo, I ain't listening to you. I feel you. I'm going through the pain now. Um. But you have to combine real estate and investing because it's really the same game. Um, and then we can talk about acquisition of businesses and, you know, it, you just want so many assets working for you that it's almost impossible for you to go um, bankrupt. Yeah. Yeah, I think you yeah. got to keep your debt low. No, no matter what, you just got to follow the same principle. Keep your debt low. You know, cash still rules everything around. Uh, that was 25 years ago, but cash is still king. Of course, credit's important, but you know, when opportunity presents itself, if you don't have money to do anything, then it's not a, really an opportunity. So that's whether it's real estate or stocks or crypto. The common denominator is that you need capital. Yeah, you could you could use credit in some in some circumstances, but um having cash readily available is always a good thing. So budget, budget, keep cash on hand and um, keep your debt low. Avoid any large purchases. And um, yeah, that's usually a good, a good way to live no matter what the circumstances are. Yeah, and educate yourself, educate yourself. That, yeah. that, that'll minimize mistakes. Read as much as you can, listen to as, as many informational outlets as you can um and you'll i mean you'll be prepared for it you'll be prepared like, for it. recessions are the greatest opportunities to transfer wealth to your family that's like when you guys are talking about generational wealth that's when a game starts it doesn't start when we're in an up market and everything is bullish you like i beg you guys go read every single thing let me see if dream team texted me and told me not to talk about this yet go read everything you can on john templeton every that and this is how i know and another thing go watch every episode of market mondays if you want to be rich please it's not for ego because i don't need you to go watch anything else in mind but you notice when recessions happen everyone that's really rich they don't say anything because they're out executing if you get stuff at rock bottom prices and this may happen once every 10 years you'll be great like and i can't wait for you to hear chris's story because i'm in the state in which he is showing his magic. Man, when I say the boy got his own buildings, the boy got his own buildings. And it was other people who wanted to do it but didn't execute. Like, trust me, you have to stop looking at a recession as a tactic or a point of time. Because most recessions now currently only last 18 months. 
So if I told you, hey, you're going to suffer for 18 months, but for the next 80, you're going to live like a king, would you not suffer for the 18 months? It's worth it to learn everything about these markets and be able to buy things at rock bottom prices and businesses. And I should have bought music artist catalogs in 2020. Like there is no perfection in investing and trading. There's always a bunch of mistakes that you make. Like I should have bought a waterway system in 2020. Yeah, CGW, cool. I should have bought like a water. I should have bought a river. My dumb ass. I'm on here to arguing. People on YouTube telling me I don't know. Should have bought a river. He don't know. He only knows stocks and man, he needs to go back to the soup. No, like I should have bought a soup company next to a river. There's always chances to improve and be better, man. Like I look back at the mistakes I made. I'm like, oh my God, how this all that. So only all, all lessons, my brother. All lessons. All lessons. Samantha, man. thank you. Shout out to the shout out to the T dot. Uh let's go to Abdul uh Rahman. Abdul Rahman. I think I got that right. Unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. What's going on? Yeah. There you go. Yo, yo. What's good? How you doing? I'm good, but I didn't have my handmaids, man. Oh, okay, brother. Well, I appreciate everybody, man. I'm just here, man. Just finished fasting. So I was just trying to know. Get all this knowledge in, baby. Well, what's it. the number one thing I can do to help you? And um, I commend you for your fast, too. Uh, well, um, just following, just um, learning charting. You know, I just downloaded um, TradingView. Amazing. Yeah. I'm using that. Got my TD Ameritrade. Working on that, you know. So I'm just soaking it in. I'm here now. Appreciate I love it. it. Love it, bro. Love it. Yeah. But that's all I got for now. Appreciate right. y'all. Appreciate you, bro. Appreciate it, bro. Uh, let's do this. Let's go to Robert Washington. Robert, we coming to you. Unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. What's going on, Rob? Man, I got the fridge break. What's going on? Rob, go on. All right, Anthony Adams, we coming to you. Unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. What's going on, Anthony? What's the deal? I'm wrap the show. Let's try to rest his voice. Well, well, that's some civil liability tomorrow. Or tonight, excuse me. Sorry, that's going on right now. You dudes is <laughs> reckless. Where's Janet when you need her? Where's J Janet? Took everybody with her. All these fridge breaks. All right, Jonathan, we coming to you. Unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. Jonathan, are you there, sir? Hey, hey, how's it going, guys? Yeah, Great, how are you? Yeah, man, people not picking up on us. It's all right. Man, I'm so happy you guys called me. Excited about this. It's all good. All good, man. What's, What's up? What's up, bro? Um, yeah, so my question is um, in regard to uh, life insurance contracts. So I was looking, um, trying to figure out a way and what would be the correct way to structure a whole life insurance contract to take advantage of the storehouse and tax-free environment. Great question. Uh, my buddy Dave asked this last week on Stock Club Call. It's not my wheelhouse or expertise, but we do have an advisor here. If he can muster together a couple sentences. <laughs> um, you have yeah. any advice for him? Yeah, I think he said, you said the best way to structure a whole life policy? Correct, yeah. Um, 
I guess like what tips should we be looking for? I mean, there's, there's a variety of different stuff, but one thing that I haven't spoken about, we talk about life insurance a lot, but one thing I haven't spoken about yet, I don't think is um, well, whole life, there's different options on how you can pay. Like there's like whole life 100 where you just pay to your 100 years old, whole life 65, 10 pay, 20 pay. So with the smaller pays, um, that's more that's more of a premium, but that gives you more flexibility. So like if you have like a, a 20 pay or, a t- or even a 10 pay, you're really just paying premium for 10 years especially like, you know, everybody's situation is different, but if, if you're able financially to actually, you know, have that money coming in, that might not be a bad option because now it's like, you know, instead of having to pay life insurance premiums when you're 80 years old, like who really wants to pay a life insurance premium at 85 years old or 79, you could do a 10 pay and um, just pay for 10 years. And that's it. You're not paying anymore after that or a 20 pay pay for 20 years. You're not paying more anymore or even 65 if you're looking at it from a, from a retirement standpoint because a lot of times people you know you have to start to scale down your expenses in retirement because you're not working anymore so the money's not coming in the same so if you plan to like pay it to age 65 and then not pay it anymore so that's something that people have to think about with insurance like i said i haven't really spoke about that but you when you get these insurance policies keep in mind that you got to pay these premiums um, you got to pay the premiums, you know, if you're not working, if you're sick and if you're old. So when I was like, you know, young, I used to see a lot of old policies and people were like 80 years old. And they just couldn't afford to pay the premium anymore or their policies was exploding and stuff like that because they stopped paying the premium. So that's something you don't really think about. But people are living a lot longer these days. Um, so, yeah, a shorter pe- a shorter premium payment um, schedule could be beneficial. And then depending on how you structure it, you know, we talked about ILIT before, irrevocable life insurance trust. Um, you know, depending on your financial situation, that's another way to go to take the life insurance out of your name and to put it in a trust. And that way, you know, it helps for state tax purposes um, where the, the life insurance doesn't add to your to your money that you have when you pass away, it goes to your estate, it goes to your, your trust and that could pay the state of tax. So that's another, um, we talked about that in the trapping with EYL course. Mm-hmm. They spoke about this a few times, but um, yeah, I mean, it's always different. I feel like every week we talk about something different, but I just thought about that 10, 20, uh, 65 pay thing that I haven't spoken about yet. So that's something that you should be aware of if you're looking for a whole life policy at the very least look at it and see what your payment options should be depending on how much the policy is and what makes sense for you. Yeah. I just got game on the 10 pay too. Shout out to Mr. Bilal. I know you're watching. <laughs> 10 pay. Very, very important. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, especially if you got money coming in and you can afford to do it, you know, you might not have that same type of money coming in 10 years from now. Who knows? Not, not, never know what could happen. Yeah. Should have bought an insurance company in 2020. <laughs> Next to the road bridge, <laughs> I'll send Ninja Trader forty million dollars in business. Can't even get a pen because you can't get, get inducements and features. I should have bought Trader Vape. Like well, I can do a whole episode for like nineteen weeks on mistakes that I made. Go listen to Nineteen Keys's episode. About to say 19, 19 weeks for nineteen keys. Listen, Yo, another powerful high level <laughs> conversation was. Yeah, you had a great conversation on four forty four p.m. <laughs> on a full moon. <laughs> That's a fact. Ashley Duncan, what's going on? You've been unmuted. You've unmuted yourself. Hello. Thank you for not taking your fridge break. We appreciate you. How are you? Hello. How are you guys doing, doing tonight? We good. good. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. So um, 
any one of you guys can answer this question, but I've been looking at um black stocks. And I, I got two that I'm looking at. I want you guys' opinion about which one is gonna be the better fit. So okay. GBT or PING. Let me make my phone. I'm sorry, my my boy. No, it's okay. And the second one's PING. Yeah. Um PING is better. Um, if you can get it like at 17 bucks and 22 cent, that would be the only place I would touch it. I don't love either, but if I had to pick one, yeah, I would do PING for sure at that price. Yeah, I'm looking at the charts. I don't love either. Um, I'll just leave it there. I'd have to actually like really do my research on them to give you a fair opinion on them. Um, but just looking at their charts, a little, a little shaky for me. Well, how, how'd you find out about these two? Well, I was doing research and I was like, man, we got to be somewhere other than just banks. You know, we, we got to be doing other things. So I was checking that out. Um, I, I know uh, one of those dudes helped with sickle cells. So they're making um, medicine. That was the first people to make medicine to help with sickle cells. Mm -hmm. And then the other one, I, I like. I like how they're they're into uh I think they're going into the metaverse. And um I'm like, gosh, cybersecurity, we that's that's good. That's next. So I was just looking at what's next, not now. Uh fundamentally, I would have you look at and see if Vanguard, State Street, Goldman, or BlackRock see what their commentary is. And if any one of those, especially Vanguard, says yes, you'll be okay. Vanguard site and PDFs are not the most entertaining thing to watch. That's done on purpose. Um, but fundamentally, I know many people don't talk about it, but to see what those market makers are doing are very key. Um, so if any one of those State Street Vanguard Goldman okays it, you'll be safe. But um, kudos to doing the research because not many people have talked about PING, PING to me in the first one. I, no one's talked about but you that I've heard personally. So, so great job. Um, for finding those. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Ashley. All right. Yeah, shout out. See, that's what I said. People really do their homework. So mm -hmm. I appreciate that. Put us up on something. All right, let's go ahead. Let's go to uh, uh, Orlando. Orlando Simmons, we coming to you. Unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. What's going on, Orlando? You all right? Hey, brother. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, we hear you yes. perfectly. All right, so my question is, first off, um, I'm an earner, just joined the stock club like two weeks ago. And I'm not going front, though. I've been on the calls, and I feel like it's way over my head. That's so, good. Okay. That's so my point. question – I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. It's about you. Go ahead. So my question is, I, I copped the wealth pack last year, and I bought PBW, ARKK, KW, I buy an IPO. I'm down like 40 to 65 percent in all of those. Should I sell and just go to tech to index or should I just ride it out? Hill Arc. Say it again. Hill Arc. Anything Arc related, get rid of immediately. PBW isn't bad. And the only reason I say that, so now just be honest, I talked said it before. The only reason I say not Arc, because they Kathy was kind of like Styles P back in the day for the industry. She was the one that would like give the ideas to the managers 
and they got all the credit and she would get some capital. And then when she came to the forefront, they used her strategy against her. She was the one that made Bitcoin accessible to put into a portfolio. And then she got too big. And then you saw a concerted effort to then knock her down. That's why I tell all you investors, if you have a great idea or a thesis to keep it quiet because you don't want it to get used against you. Um, so ARC would kill PBW isn't bad, but the reason why I do two tech, two indexes, the two indexes, I know there's a certain safety of what Vanguard would not draw down or how much they will go down because they are the power players. Like if you look at what Vanguard owns, they own pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. So they are um, a capital cartel that has certain provisions that other people do not have. And that's why it's very hard to find out like who really runs Vanguard that is done intentionally, right? So the reason I picked them over Schwab or Fidelity or anyone else that has a similar index is because how that company is structured and also who's behind the scenes running it. Um, and then Apple, I know it's going to draw down less than 15%, 20% a year maximum, even a worst case scenario and the same with Microsoft. Um, and then once you have safety in your main portfolio, then you'll step out and be able to have more courage in your trading and then you can produce some gains there as well. So, um, but I'll tell you- Everybody in the IPO can ride out, just get rid of the ARCs, basically. Uh, you said the other one was iBuy? iBuy and I have IPO also. iBuy, buy. you can keep. Yeah, I buy. Uh, let me look at IPO real quick. Uh, solid, uh, solid. Um, I, I will probably average if it gets to 30, I will, I will buy more at IPO. Okay. And be good. But um, yeah, the arcs, you definitely have to kill. And I love Kathy. I know some some people think that I don't like her. I like her a lot. Um, I think the culture got like exposed to her through this platform. I just know the attacks that came. And you guys can go, go like, go your homework, go to YouTube when she talked about Tesla going to 4,000 and they laughed at her on CNBC. This is why I say, like, you never want to share a strategy that works in public because then your competitors who you do not know who is watching are going to use it against you at some point. Um, but, yeah, I would keep those and then I would definitely add Apple and Microsoft to that equation. And also my biggest point of homework for you, look at the entirety of that stock and see how much does it draw down in the worst case scenario. Drawdown Which means how much all of them. OK, mm. so upside is great. And, I, and it's a lesson that no one adheres to until we lose, right? So I remember the first time I got started and then I was like, I'm going to get BlackBerry because I love BlackBerry back in the day. And then I'm like, they're never going to go down. <laughs> Horrible lesson. And then Steve said, man, screw <laughs> And I'm holding, I'm down 50-something percent. And I'm like, I know it has to go back up. Art was like, oh, it's over. <laughs> Cut it. It sucks to cut it because drawdowns like that are cancer, but use that drawdown that you're currently in as motivation to never be there again. All right. I got Apple. I got, I just started buying Microsoft since I got in the group and I bought some right. VO today. You perfect. Oh, are you buying shares? Proud of you. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I got like 10 shares of Apple. I got 15 of all of the ones that I named that I'm down like 60% in. And I got two shares of Microsoft and one of VOO so far. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Nah. Cause I, I mean, that, that was one of the things I told people like early, it was just like, 
and this that doesn't have to be your investment strategy, but mine was like, let's get a salad base. So I always compare it to four legs of a table. Think, yeah. Just get very, get like some very strong legs. And so I see you at IPO, which was an ETF. I was wondering, like, are you basing it on that? Like, are you getting ETFs and then you're going to build on top of those ETFs? So, I mean, that's what have, I started on. Yeah. And yeah. Sprinkling Apple in gotcha. already. And then I, when I got the stock club, I started the Microsoft and um, Vanguard. All right. I see. Yeah. You're in the right direction. And if I can chime Thank in, you. if you guys use two tech, two index, I don't get a back end percentage from Vanguard. Call an X. Like you get all the profit. I've done all the work and research for you. There isn't like some back end scheme for me to get a job at Vanguard. I'm good. But there's a certain safety in being in those products that other companies do not have. Just stick there. Like a lot of. Like, take what, what Troy said about the Nick Cannon thing. And it's a great lesson for investors. When you learn from someone that is ahead of you, you don't need to remix. You don't need to remix. You can literally just apply what you learn from them and then go. You'll do a, a hell of a lot better. So I know sometimes we want to, especially us as black people, we want to take um, onus for like saying we create it or invent it. But the execution of the strategy is more important than tweaking it. And you see it in rap culture, like everyone sounds the same. This is the one instance why I don't want you guys to be creative. Just follow and remix and do your own version and get two tech, two index, you'll be fine. Then trade, swing trade, invest in real estate, buy businesses. You'll be great. Yeah, appreciate you, Orlando. And shout out to Mercedes. I see you in the chat. Somebody asked what are some good ETFs to invest in. I see you put some in there. And I know Ian went down a whole list about two weeks ago of the Vanguard yeah. ones you didn't list. And we always talk about the spider ETFs, so obviously XLK, XLY, um, XLE. So we, we always talk about those. SMH is another one that we, we, we talk about a lot. So those are always good. Appreciate you, Mercedes. I see you. I see you. Uh, Roland, we coming to you. You've unmuted yourself already. What's going on? Guys, how y'all doing? We good, Great. man. How are you? Good, good, good. Man, I'm excited because this is, I, I never thought I would get unmuted and be able to, uh, you know, say, share my opinion or, or, or even ask some questions. But, you know, um, let me get right to it. So, how about this? I got a strong $3,500, right? A strong $3,500. What would you suggest for me to uh, invest in right now? Like, I hear VOO, um, VTI, VUG you know, the Vanguard stocks and things like that, right? And also I'm looking, I know uh, index stocks like QQQ, things like that. I, it's like, I want to take that in that 3,500, that strong $3,500 and be meaningful, right? So what would you suggest as that? Like, that's my budget. That's what I got to work with. It's like, what would you suggest right off the gate? Like, you know what I mean? How do you want to go? Troy, you want to go first? I can see you light, you lit up. So no, I, I know Shadi likes to talk about when people have the, the money. I know you got the financial strategy. You want to start there and then we'll go from there. No, no, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, my, my strategy has always been find a strong base. And so the safest place for us, we always tell people is like if you don't know equities, right, then find an ETF, right? And so I you should wow, they just put it. So shout out to Jennifer, she just put a whole a list of ETFs you can find. And so based it by sector, right? So like technology is something that we're very keen on and we, we know a lot about it. So technology was one of those sectors that we were interested in. We knew that semiconductors were gonna be big, obviously because everything in technology needs semiconductors. So that became an ETF that we were big on as well. 
consumer discretionary was something that we were big on. We loved Amazon at the time. We didn't know Tesla was going to be part of it, but we knew consumer discretionary had some <coughs> huge companies in there. So rather than investing them individually, we said, let's invest in them into an ETF. And so that's what we did. And we based our table over there. But that didn't mean that we didn't like individual stocks. We, we still loved Apple. We still loved Microsoft. AMD was a company that we, we still loved. Um, Disney was something that I loved. And so I invested in that. And so I built my table very strongly on those core ETFs. And then I built on top of it. So that was my strategy. So when people ask me, what should they do with the 3,500? I'll say like, let's split them down 25%, 25% in your ETFs and then start there. And then you can build on top of that. That's what I would do. Um, I guess everybody else can give their opinion as well. Yeah. Regardless of how much money, if I had, let's say if Buffett gave me $27 billion tomorrow, I would literally split it in four. VO, VTI. Apple, Microsoft. The formula that I talk about is the one that I use for me and my baby, my child, Xander. So I want to make sure that the ones now you can do triple Q, but you're going to have a high drawdown or you may lose more money. We always have to play because I know we always think, how can I take, but in this case, let's say 3,500 turns to 10 grand. We have to think, where can I put this 3,500 that I know it will, will never go down to 2,500? Start with the defense first. The thing to make Floyd the best boxer is his defense, not his punching power. Canelo, arguably, better puncher. Gervonta, you can argue, better brawler. Best defense is what makes the most money. Same thing in life. So where there's lawsuit, child support, divorce, most men end up losing their money on the downside of not protecting assets. So for me, it's always Apple, Microsoft, and I can't wait till Apple falls apart so I can come on here and say Apple no longer is good. I can't wait Tim Cook tires. Cannot wait. So you guys can be like, oh, shit, he really, I don't care. I'm agnostic about what I invest in. I just want to invest in, please write this down, the one that draws down the least and that has the best business model. Apple, if, I, if my life was on the line, the only three single companies I would invest in, Apple, Microsoft, and Google. Okay. Rest of them throw away. And everyone can argue. There isn't a better fucking business on earth than Apple, Microsoft, or Google. And I don't care who you, Google in itself would destroy. If Google does a 10 to one split, oh, look at all the money that's gonna leave everywhere. Even Tesla, watch, watch. So yes, do four across the board. Do four across the board and you'll be good if you want safety. And if I've made you money, please put yes in chat to get his brother some confidence. Hey, I appreciate y'all guys, man. Hey, yo, and, and you know what? Let me say this before I be out. These, I've been putting people on and I've been forwarding everything to my friends, you know, my look, my, my tennis buddies. I, I play, I'm a, me and my wife, avid tennis players, all that Amazing. good stuff. You know what I mean? I've been forwarding all this to my friends and, and, and every time it's like an epic show. Y'all give an epic show. So it's like every time I hear excitement and, I, and my, my texts are blowing up like, yeah, I told y'all. So this is this is definitely something that I'm 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 really excited about, man. I appreciate y'all guys, man. I appreciate so, you, Roland. Thank you. Thank you. Quick question: you, you say you manage tennis players? Well, we we're avid, avid. So oh, so avid, we, we, okay. Yeah. So like, I'm I'm truthfully I'm out like three, four. Well, actually, about four or five days a week playing tennis, man. I okay. mean, and, and, and you know that's to my wife. You know, you know, God bless. Her, you know, Incredible. she she got me out there. You know shedding his weight off playing tennis and things like that. So, you know, and I'm from the hood. So, you know, I mean, that's some different stuff. So, <laughs> well, what, what, what's the biggest hey, lesson that you've learned from playing thus far that we can um, about, gain from you tonight? Um, 
it's all uh well how about this like you know listen to the all the podcasts like i tune in every monday and i'm actually an earner so i i i actually joined last thanksgiving when when y'all had the discount and you know um it's been uphill ever since you know what i mean it's like i'm I, and i'm you know, my wife is 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 giving me more love because she's seeing me studying and, and getting my notebook out and things like that. So you know, but uh, I, I think just you know, even being able to form a strategy like all of so crazy enough, an interesting lesson that I saw from um, you know, watching different podcasts and certain things that y'all talk about, like all this stuff works together. Like you, you know, I think y'all said one time that you are your social media right? You, you, these days you are your social media. So whatever you surround yourself with, because everybody is in their phones every single day. So if you are uh, subscribing to like things that are helping you to get a better financial understanding, that's what's building your mind. And that's actually what's been, been going on with you guys, like listen to you guys, but then also hearing different sources that are coming in. But um, even you, Ian, you saying that, you know, you can't kind of have everybody pumping stuff in your ear and listen to all these different things. And, it's, and sometimes it's overwhelming, but you know, you gotta have the mind state to be able to, you know, like tune into one specific or uh, a few specific things and kind of ride those things out and right. So, and that's what I've been doing. And um, you know, it's, it's been working out, but I think you all teach the same thing. It's like, I hear the same thing every week, you know, whether it be from, you know, watching some of the top players like Vanguard and, 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 certain different uh, uh, things when it comes to charting and, and uh, you know, watching those things. So it's like, that's what's actually helped me to benefit more, like understanding, being able to see you guys and, and understanding charting with my man, uh, what's his name, uh, Lawrence, was it Lawrence Eggleston? Yeah, shout out to Lawrence. Yeah, that was, that was one epic episode that kind of sparked a whole interest with me because everything was kind of like just information at first, but then when I'm able to put it into something where I can kind of see it, happening right in front of my eyes and kind of see everything that y'all talking about and, and looking at it from the chart standpoint, that's what's benefited me the most. Right. So actually a follow up that, real quick. So let's say if I wanted to begin playing tennis tomorrow, like uh, what top lesson would you give me or anybody in the audience who wants to start? How about this? Look at it from a, a standpoint of, of, of how about this geometry, right? Geometry. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I don't want it to just go, go over your head, but it's all about angles, right? Mm -hmm. it, it, so even when you're stepping into hitting the ball, it's like you you got to step into that ball and, and actually everything is moving the ball forward. So never step back, always move to the ball forward. Even if it's coming at you fast, you got to move into the ball forward. And then at, at the same time, where you position your feet, it's all about where, where the ball is going to go. So you know what I mean? So everything is from the bottom up. So everything is 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 a situation where you're stepping in and you're feeling that 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 basically you're stepping into the ground and that 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 uh, inertia or however it is is basically coming up from the bottom up and it's almost it's like a protractor right a square and compass so <laughs> your head is has to stay still your body has to actually meet that ball and you have to turn your body to to move forward and and, and complete that shot so it's like a, a low to high type of thing. So you're going low to high and, and, and spinning your body around. Forehand, you turn your shot, you turn your shoulders back in, you basically step into it and, and actually move forward to the, to the uh, motion of the ball. So that's, you know, even in, in that, as you ask that question, I'm thinking about it in terms of uh, 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 even investing too, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's the same. 
get in mm-hmm. low, you know what I mean? And, and, and basically yep. ride that thing high, you know what I mean? So Yo. yeah, bro. Yo, that was that was that was excellent right there. From a phys ed teacher, like you literally <laughs> just gave a shout out. They said the life and times of King Roland, the new hey. movie. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I appreciate that love. You know what I mean. I'm I'm, I'm a little man on the total pole, but I appreciate that. You and know and I mean? we, we where you from, Roland? I'm from Virginia, man, but I live in Atlanta, though. You know what I mean. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm in I'm in East Point, actually. I bet, I bet, bet. Shout out to Atlanta. I see us on the courts, man. You never know. Hey, look, hey, definitely. And then whenever y'all come and do a market Mondays here, or whatever, I'm I'm in the building for real. My dog, appreciate you. you. Love appreciate is love. You. Definitely gotta go to Atlanta. That's a fact. Yeah. There's some valuable lessons you guys. I'll share this with Stock Club. I'll share with you guys here. There's a uh, Netflix series called The Playbook. Go look at the episode with Serena's coach that talks about uh, mindset. And not like the, the boo-boo internet marketing mindset, but like championship level coaching on how to break through next levels. But even if you look at a court, there are certain places in which you have a lot more velocity when you are serving. Look at those areas as like load the boat. So if you could pull up a chart for where, let's say, Serena's career, where she's gained the most points, you can use that same calculation on a chart with Fibonacci to tell you where to load the boat. I know I went a little bit J-Electronica, but maybe I'm marking Monday's live. I can shout out to J-Electronica. Boy, different. Oh. Yeah. No, shout out to J-Electronica. Different. Written testimony. Uh, hey, hey, real quick, we're we, we going to do something special right now, Ian. You ready for this? Tube, I hope yep. you're listening. Here we go. So, obviously, y'all know that we've been teaming up with Ally to help empower the next generation of creators, entrepreneurs, and leaders with financial education. That's what we're here for, right? In honor of Financial Literacy Month, this April, Ally is giving away 20 full-year scholarships to Earn Your Leisure University, where you can learn real-world skills to help you reach your financial goals. So, if you're a creator, entrepreneur, or someone who is trying to gain financial success, here is your chance. Go to EYLUniversity.com slash ally. That's right. EYLUniversity.com slash ally and submit your email. So Shadi and I are going to pick and announce the five winners during each Market Monday. So next week, we'll be announcing our five winners and we're going to keep going for the next four weeks because for everything we do, we're all better with an ally. Shout out to our ally team. Wow. We're going to do this together, y'all. So yeah. submit your emails. Shout out. Shout out to ally. Appreciate that. So... Submit your emails. What is it? What's the website? EYLUniversity.com slash ally. A-L-L-Y. Backslash. Backslash. Yep. EYLUniversity.com backslash ally. All you got to do is just put your name, email, and then we'll just randomly select five. We'll do it like for the next four weeks. We'll, we'll, we'll announce five winners. So, yes. We'll see you on the other side. Very. That's, that's a very uh, good gesture from the good <laughs> folks at Ally. And um, we didn't get a chance to give away any cash apps because we oh, just well. used to be a movie. Five hundred, but we used to be a movie. But we are giving away some scholarships, so we'll announce the five winners next week. So just go to the website, sign up, and then uh, we make it happen. Uh, Market Mondays live, Houston, Texas. Extremely important, extremely important situation. Um, what, what's the cheapest ticket there? I'm gonna cut you off. Uh, left, I think it might be like a hundred dollars. So I'm like, listen, that. even on a deal stock club 297, I pray that y'all miss out. Nikki might clip this up. So when y'all be like, yo, can I get a deal? You could have came to the show. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm telling you, man, that's going to be a vibe. And we don't do the, we don't do live events too often. Uh, Market Mondays, we only did one other Market Mondays before, and that was at the Apollo. So um, legendary situation. Houston, this is the first event that we're doing in Houston. We did a networking event a couple of years ago, but this is the first like ticketed real event that we're doing in Houston, Texas. Houston's a big market for us. Texas, big, big market for us. So people asking, when are we coming to Dallas? When are we coming to San Antonio? Come to Ace Town. Come to Houston. Come to Houston, man. If you in the surrounding area, Oklahoma. <laughs> and I'm bringing out the slides too. Like, what else do y'all want? Arkansas. Uh, the whole. My Chicago South. folks. Yeah. Pull up. Yeah. Pull yeah. Up. Anybody. If you're not doing nothing this weekend, Houston's a party town. Um, we're going to be out and about. Um, it's a good vibes out there. Being outside too. A lot of good energy. <laughs> if you haven't been to Houston, Houston is a good, a good. It's, it's like, it's like, it's like Atlanta. Just a little calmer. A little tamer. A little tamer. Wait. A little tamer. I, I'm put on the show. Hey, yo, the back outside tour is in full effect and Ian has not missed a day. He's been outside with us, y'all. So I want to give him credit where he's doing. After network. <laughs> I'm out on my he has been outside with us. I can attest yeah. to that. <laughs> Don't get shellacked. I need some a little bit more secure stuff on a boat next time, though. <laughs> Clearly, I'm not built for the Titanic. A, a classic catamaran that went rogue in the open sea. It roller, was a little rough waters. Roller coaster. Little. VR. We, I looked. I looked to my left. I looked in Ian's eyes. I never seen him look like that. Felt like I was holding those for the last year. <laughs> oh baby. Virtual, Heavenly Father, Maverick, please let me make it back to shore. I I wish I had a picture, but if oh, I had a picture, I can't let that get out. I'm suing. <laughs> the metaverse. Shout out to Mike who didn't move through that whole process. Mike is different. Mike was going to go in the water with the sharks. Knocked <laughs> out. Different. That's incredible. All right, yo, uh, breaking news. Breaking news. Uh, I know we've been waiting for five years. Kendrick Lamar, the return. Yeah. May 13th. Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. May 13th. Obviously, I got Kendrick behind us. We got Good Kid, Mad City. One of my favorites, the Pimper Butterfly. Uh, I'm excited. You? Yeah, Kendrick Lamar is one of the greatest, man. You know, always. I appreciate you saying that. Good. Thank, you. Good. Thank you for saying that out loud yeah. and documented. Always, <laughs> always good to get some new music from Kendrick, man. You know, breath of fresh. I thought he, he was supposed to drop Super Bowl weekend. I don't know why they pushed it back, but I'm glad he's dropping. It's a long overdue. Yeah. Long overdue. Shout out to shout out to K Dot, one of one of the greatest of this generation. Um, so you know, it's always good to get new music from him. Um, it's a lot of good music out there right now, actually. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Fabio. He put out a good album. Fabio Foreign yeah, put out a good. He could have put out a good body of work. J Cole is on his rampage. He put out a, a joint for London. Oh, London. with uh, Bia. Oh, baby. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, J Cole crazy right now. Moving on crazy. Oh my gosh. J Cole going crazy right now. Wait to go back. Yo, he's on a full out of soul. That dude is. Yeah, yeah, he 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 he, he number one right now. Cold world, yeah, he number one right now. I give him that. I'm gonna give him that. He number one right now. Yeah, cold, right now. Cold world's going crazy. We'll right see now. what happens in two weeks. Shout out to J Cole. Smoking <laughs> on top five. J Cole. <laughs> I, I wish him and Kendrick would have did an album together. That's they'll probably never happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They always get us to compete against each other. Yeah, love to them both, man. They're incredible. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, tomorrow. Earn your leisure, 
episode, I believe is eight, 181, I, I think it is. Uh, I just had the number two. 181. Mm-hmm. Earn Your Leisure episode 181 featuring none other than Ian, the master investor, the Wall Street trapper. That's from our, our um, South by Southwest activation. They was on stage together, first time ever. We need to so, do over. Can we get investors lined up? <laughs> Boy, I, I got some billboards ish to put up. Boy, go ahead. <laughs> so yeah, so that was a legendary vibe. So we're releasing that as a podcast tomorrow. YouTube, Spotify, Apple, check it out. Legendary combination. Um, and that was dope. That was a dope event. Once again, shout out to Ally for that. And shout out to United Masters. And yeah. Shout out to Toby. Um, I got I got to hit Toby oh, yeah. up. I got to yeah. hit Toby. Toby got to slide through, man. Yeah, and shout yeah, shout out to you and Ian. Shout out to you and, and shout out to Trap Man. That was a lot of fun. We talk all the time, um, but to sit down and watch uh, it happen live and have people Smart. have a reaction to what y'all was saying was dope. Um, so that was dope, man. That was dope. I just I, like I said, I was just a referee. That's it. It was wow. good. <laughs> yeah, man. Going by so fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check they try to out. cut us off, but they can't stop us. Oh, and assets over liabilities, season two. Shout out to Revolt. Yeah. Um, out right now on their on their television channel. Yes, and then the YouTube will be out. I believe that's coming out on Wednesday. Yeah, and that's Nick Cannon, yeah. the legendary Nick Cannon, first guest of the season. We had an excellent conversation with him. You know, he was signed to Will Smith when he was sixteen. Fact. That was fact. That, that was a little known yeah. fact. If you if you missed the nine o'clock show, which you probably did because you were here with us, it's probably gonna run back at eleven o'clock. So just DVR it. Watch that on, on Revolt if you got that channel, 726 if you're in Verizon in New York. And then uh, on YouTube Wednesday. Make sure you check out the full episode. It's incredible. And shout out to uh, Killer Mike. Shout out to Killer Mike. The show is coming on after us. Yeah. Shout out to Killer Mike for sure. Um, I'm, I'm going to put the link in the uh, YouTube chat. All right. Let's put this link in the chat real yeah, yeah. quick. What was the second greatest lesson that you took away from the show besides his excellent resume on and off the field? Ah oh, man. Um, well, one thing that was interesting is, uh, we talked about investing and he was like, um, he said, yeah, he likes to invest, he invest in real estate, stuff like that. But he was like, he's more focused on investing in, in IP. Yep. He said, um, that's like where the real, that's where his real focus is at right now. IP. He said, he said he wants to invest in IP. So I thought that was interesting because, Harry. you know, we had, we've had a lot of people on the, on the show and, um, you know, a lot of people always, and not to say there's anything wrong with that, but every, every, a lot of people give the, you know, um, the same answer. And, but he, he was bold enough to give an answer that most people would not give. give and, to say that, and it's yeah. To say like, yo, I'm not really invested in real estate right now. I'm invested in IP. Yep. So that, that was interesting. Um, for sure. I so a lot of conversation with chat. <laughs> and I'll say this for the audience, take all these lessons and put them in one gumbo pot. Like if I'm telling you how to get prices on everything that 90% off, I just told you, I, there's two artists. I should have bought their catalog in 2020. I didn't think it was the right thing to do. I look back. I'm like, Oh, stupid. Which, which artist? I don't want to say public. I tell you. Not Texas, Texas, Texas. Yeah. He's got a couple of rappers. Yo, an old girl. We should. Yo, what's up on? Anyway. 90%. 
<laughs> I can't wait to buy your little so precious things on the upper auction. The media, listen, for all of y'all who want to be like entertainment, man, 90% of it is lies. Trust me, you most people in corporate make way more than people in entertainment. I'll say that publicly. Do not give up your jobs to be entertainment. The IP route. Yeah. All right. Um, I, so I just they said the link wasn't working. So I just pinned the link for the allies um scholarship. I pinned it in YouTube, YouTube and yep. I also put it, I put it in the description of this video. So you could just hit the link in the description of this video or the link that's pinned in YouTube. And once again, that'll be scholarships that'll be given it away. EYL University will pick random people and we'll announce it uh, for the next four weeks. Yep. All right, guys. All right, man. We'll see y'all next week. Uh, take care of each other. Be good to each other. Happy Easter Monday again to everybody in the West Indies. Love is love. Peace. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.